Listeners, before diving into this episode, I just want to put out a huge trigger warning. In this episode, I will be discussing eating disorders, anorexia, self-harm, and other mental issues. If you are easily triggered by this, I highly suggest that you listen with caution or do not listen to this episode. I will preface every episode with this trigger warning because I will be discussing very touchy and sensitive topics that some may not be able to handle. I want everyone to feel safe in this environment and to just keep in mind that this podcast is an educational podcast meant to spread awareness on eating disorders and my journey through them. Everything mentioned in this episode will be real, genuine content. No sugarcoating and no holding back. for recovery, a journey through eating disorder recovery with me, Chris Hardy. If you haven't been keeping up with my social media and you're just now hearing about this podcast, my name is Chris and I am a survivor of anorexia. I have been in recovery for over a year now and I am making this podcast to share my story and my reasons for recovery in hopes that it will inspire and help anyone out there that's going through a similar situation as I did. So how this podcast is going to work is that each episode will be like a reason, a reason why I decided to change my life and break free from the grip of an eating disorder. I will discuss in detail each of my reasons and show you guys how it really played a huge role in my recovery. For example, a big reason for my recovery was that I wanted the symptoms of anorexia to stop. So in a future episode, I will be discussing all the different signs and symptoms of an eating disorder and my personal experiences with them. But as for this inaugural episode, I decided to kick things off with a Q&A and also answer some frequently asked questions. This way, you guys can get to know me a little bit more and get to know my background information before I really dive into my reasons for recovery. So... What I did is I split the questions into two different sections. The first set of questions come from my Instagram, where I asked my followers to leave me some questions regarding my eating disorder, and those are more specific questions. And then the second set of questions I have are just a couple of frequently asked questions that I get on a regular basis just from like friends and family. So I might as well just go ahead and get started, and I'll go ahead and answer the Instagram questions first. Alright, so my first question that I was asked on Instagram is, what was the hardest step to take in your recovery? That is a very good question, and um, honestly, I would say the hardest step was having to convince myself, like really convince myself that I needed recovery in the first place. Let me explain a little bit. (laughs) Um, Basically, when you have been suffering for so long from an eating disorder to the point where you feel like there's no return, it is very, very hard 
to convince yourself that you need to recover. Um, I can tell you right now that so many people were concerned for me. Friends, family, people that I barely know, like, they were all so concerned for me because I had gotten to the point where it looked like there was no turning back. And I would always deny everything. I hated people talking about my disorder. I hated people pointing out that I was anorexic. I hated it so much because I was in such constant denial because I'd been in this eating disorder for so long. And it was so hard to just convince myself in the first place that, like, hey, you're getting down the wrong path and it's not getting any better. You need to change. It, it was super, super hard to really wrap my brain around it. But I'm very glad I did in the end. Um, but yeah, that would honestly be the hardest step to take for me was that just convincing myself in the first place that I needed to recover. Um, the second question is what was my main fear in recovery? Um, <laughs> well, I definitely can speak for probably anybody that has suffered from anorexia and say that my main fear was, of course, weight gain. I was absolutely petrified <laughs> of gaining weight. Um, and that's the whole point of anorexia recovery, um, is that you gotta gain weight in order to be healthier. But I don't think it really hit me until about two weeks into recovery. I feel like when you recover from anorexia, first of all, you have, you know, you're, you're used to seeing yourself as this extremely malnourished, skinny person, and you don't see yourself in any other way, and your brain has, you know, changed, and it believes at this point that skinnier is the best look, and malnourishment is the best look on you, so it's very, very hard to wrap around like, wrap your brain around the fact that you need to look better and gain weight. Um, but where I was going with this is that for, like, the first two weeks of my recovery, I kind of went through, like, this runner's high where I was, like, all for recovery. Yeah, I'm ready to, like, eat a bunch of good food. I'm gonna pig out all the time. Like, I'm gonna eat all this good food that I starved myself from before. And, like, I was just so ready to just get recovery started because I was so excited to try all these new foods and conquer so many different fears and stuff. And then, like I said, about two weeks in, it it finally hit me that I, I was supposed to gain weight. <laughs> uh, it, like, it finally hit me that weight gain was, the, like, the issue here. Um, and it didn't hit me until I went to my first nutritionist appointment and um, I stepped on the scale and I had gained like four pounds within that two week period of me starting recovery. And like I said, right then and there, I was like, oh crap, I have to gain weight to do this. Like it, it just hit me all at once that I had to gain weight in order to recover. And since I had been struggling with being skinny and malnourished for so long, my brain just could not handle that. And it made recovery so much harder, 
And there are so many more fears that came along with that as soon as I realized, like, I have to gain weight. <laughs> because I had not gained weight in so long. I was just losing weight for many years, and it was just hard to completely reverse that, you know? Definitely weight gain was my number one fear, and I'm not gonna lie, it's still a big fear to this day. Even though I'm completely weight restored, I still fear gaining weight all the time, and honestly, I don't think there's any stop to that, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah. The third question is a very, very good question, and I was honestly hoping somebody would ask something like this because I've been wanting to talk about it. The third question is, are you scared of making new friends or relationships with people who are unaware of your recovery or your eating disorder? In the short answer, yes. <laughs> I am very, very fearful. When I make new friends, I, like, I don't know how to put this. I'm a very introverted person to begin with, but of course, being a college student, I definitely need to socialize just a little bit, you know? I can't just stay cooped up in my dorm all day. Um, <laughs> but when I realized that I was going to probably have to share with people my story at some point or another, it made me a little fearful because I wasn't quite sure how people would take it. I personally love to share my story. Like, I, I like talking about it. That's why I'm doing this podcast, so I can, like, share with everyone and shed a light on eating disorders, bring awareness to them. But there's still an underlying factor that it just terrifies me to tell people my story that don't know me personally, like if I were making a new friend. Uh, because I'm just scared as to what people might think of me. I'm scared that people might think of me as a freak or, like, mental, you know? I There's so many different thoughts that run through my head when I meet someone new and they become a really close friend. And, you know, it just gets to that point where you're like, do I tell them about this? This is a very big part of my life. I think they deserve to know. And it's a part of who I am today. But even though I like to share my story there's still a part of me that is terrified that people are going to think of me differently, that I have this attached to me now, that I have an eating disorder attached to me now, basically. But, you know, I don't like to say that my eating disorder defines me, because it doesn't. It definitely doesn't. But, you know, I just get a little nervous and scared that people might think of me in a different way than they originally did when they hear my story. But, obviously... I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big overthinker, and I'm, I've definitely been proven wrong many times. When I meet new people and they become really good friends of, of mine, I tell them my story, and they're 100% supportive of it, and I'm very thankful for that. As for relationships, <laughs> yeah, I was extremely terrified, like more than with making new friends. New relationships absolutely scared me. Um, and it was mainly for this reason. Now, I do not have permission to talk about this guy, so I'm just going to vaguely mention him as much as possible. <laughs> um, but anyway, when I was suffering from anorexia, I was dating this guy, and he was with me from the very beginning of my journey until the very end, basically. 
he was with me to the point I got out of the hospital until the very end when I was recovered. So this guy, he saw me through everything. He saw a side of me that nobody else saw. He saw me through my greatest achievements in recovery and my biggest failures in recovery. He saw me at my lowest points and my highest points. Like, he saw every bit of me. And I was so terrified. We ended up splitting up um, a little bit after I became weight restored, actually. And it terrified me because as soon as I got over that relationship, I was very scared to meet somebody else. And I... I, I just didn't know how people would react. Just like with the whole making new friends thing, I was scared that if I met a boy and, you know, down the road, I tell him about my story and my whole journey with an eating disorder, I was afraid he would look at me weirdly. Because, you know, this whole journey is a huge part of my life. It's not something that I can just shove under the rug, you know. It's something that's going to come up eventually in topic of conversation. And it's, it's definitely something I can't hide from a boy. When I meet a new boy and we end up starting a relationship, you know, I can't just hide that from him for the rest of my life. I have to tell him eventually. Um, because, like I said, it's a huge portion of my life. But, yeah, I was just terrified that a boy would not see me in the way that my previous boyfriend did. Because, like I said, this last boyfriend I had... He was with me through everything in that recovery, and I was terrified I would never get something like that again, because there, there's not going to be another opportunity where a boy was with me through every bit of my recovery, because my recovery's already happened, it's already over, and no one's ever going to experience that like this other guy did. But, like with my new friends, I've been proven very, very wrong with this. Um, I actually ended up meeting a great guy, and he is amazing and 100% supportive. Um, shout out to Lou, he is amazing and the best boyfriend in the world, and I love you so much because I know you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, I've been proven wrong indefinitely by this, like, Lou has been the most supportive boyfriend I could ever ask for, and even though he has he was not there during my recovery, he still gets me 100% and supports me no matter what, and does not look at me any differently because of my disorder or my recovery. Like, he treats me like a normal person, and I absolutely love him for that. So, yeah. I hope that answers the question. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but... Um, yeah, I'll just go on to the next question, uh, which is, what was your biggest recovery achievement other than weight restoration? That's another good question. Um, I would say my biggest recovery achievement actually happened probably like a month into my recovery, which is pretty rare <laughs> for most people recovering. Um, but I would say that my biggest achievement was conquering my biggest fear food. If you know me personally, and you've known me since before my eating disorder developed, um, you would know 
that my absolute favorite food is fried chicken. I used to live off fried chicken. And when my eating disorder developed, um, I developed a huge fear of fried chicken. It was my number one fear food, and I just could not touch it. I could not look at it or eat it without just absolutely breaking down. I, I just couldn't stand the thought of eating it. But um, about a month into my recovery, like I said, I met with my nutritionist at the time, and she was like, all right, we need to set a game plan. You need to do something big this week. You need to eat a fear food of yours, like your top fear food. Name what is your top fear food. And I told her it was fried chicken. And she was like, all right, I want you to eat fried chicken this week. And I want you to actually enjoy it. I want you to try to enjoy it and actually eat it. And, you know, don't throw it away or any of that. So I was up for the challenge because at this point I was really into recovery and I was determined to beat anorexia, obviously. So I ended up going to Zaxby's. <laughs> of course, if I'm going to eat fried chicken, I got to make a good fried chicken. Um, <laughs> so I went to Zaxby's and I got their fried chicken and I sat down in my room and I remember not even having like a single thought before, which was already a big accomplishment in itself. Usually when I am about to eat food that I'm uncomfortable eating, I get a bunch of thoughts in my head. I, I'm overwhelmed and I get all these nervous thoughts and stuff. And what I basically did was I sat down with it and not a single thought went through my head. Like I was completely ready and prepared to eat it no matter what. So I ate the chicken completely finished every bite of it. Big accomplishment right there. Um, and I felt so content and happy afterwards, which that right there was the biggest achievement. Not the fact that I ate the fried chicken, but the fact that I felt so happy afterwards. Because if you're not aware of how eating disorders work, when you eat a food that you consider a fear food, you feel this overwhelming sense of guilt afterwards. You feel so guilty, like you just feel like you hate yourself after you eat it, and you feel like you need to get those calories, those that food out of your body somehow, whether it be exercising or throwing it up, or there's so many different ways you could do it. But every time I would eat a fear food, I would instantly regret it. I would instantly hate myself for it. But with this fried chicken fear food that I accomplished, um, I, I felt so happy afterwards. I did not have a single bit of guilt in my body. And that right there was the biggest achievement. Finally enjoying food and not feeling guilty about eating food. And that, that was just the the highlight of my recovery right there. Actually enjoying a meal. Because I had not enjoyed, like, a decent meal in so long. And it just felt good to finally have that, you know? So, yeah. The last Instagram question that I have is a very simple one. Um, and it says, or they asked, um, how many times were you hospitalized? 
Now this is a little bit of a more complex question to answer because I have only, technically, I've only been hospitalized one time, but I've been to the ER multiple times. I don't know if you would consider going to the ER being hospitalized. I personally don't, but anyway, um, if you're counting ER visits, I would say three, but if you're just counting hospitalization, I would say one. And basically, the first time was an ER visit, like I said, um, and that was when I initially decided to start recovery. I checked myself into the ER in Columbus, Mississippi, because I was in Starkville at the time, um, so I drove 30 minutes out of my way and went to Columbus, and from that ER visit, I um, was hospitalized the next day, so that's when my one time of hospitalization was and I was hospitalized for like a week and then everything was fine and dandy until about mm, maybe a little over a month later um and then I had to go to the ER again this time it was in Birmingham <laughs> back at home but yeah I had to go to the ER again because I was passing out and having these really bad dizzy spells and it got so bad to the point where I literally just fell out on the floor one morning and my mom was like we got to get you to the ER um and there they found out that one my liver enzymes were still extremely high which I will talk about more in my next episode but basically the reason why I was passing out so much is because I was taking so many medications that they had given me from the hospital. I was on like two different antidepressants and the doses were way too high for my body weight. Um, basically they were giving me adult doses and I was still the size of a child. So I was practically overdosing on medicine and that was causing my liver to really mess up and get thrown off and it was causing me to pass out. And, um, so that's what the second ER visit was for, and I have not had any troubles since that day, and that was, um, when I'm filming this, this, that was about a year ago, actually, so I have not had any sort of hospitalization or ER visit since then. So yeah, the answer to your question, um, if you're counting ER visits, three times, but just hospitalize, uh, hospitalization just in general, one time. Thankfully, I have not had a relapse or anything, and I'm very, very thankful for that. So yeah, that is all of the Instagram questions. Thank you guys uh, so much for those who submitted questions. Now I am moving on to the frequently asked questions, which, like I explained in the beginning, are just some typical, like, generalized questions that friends and family members or just other people that I know have asked me, like, on a typical daily basis. The first question, uh, people have always asked me this, and that is, what is a psych ward like? Now, for those of you that don't really know my story yet, first of all, I will explain more in the next episode, but... Um, just to give you a brief rundown, I was never in, like, any sort of eating disorder clinic. When I was hospitalized, I was put into the psychiatric ward for about a week. And 
I will just go ahead and say now that I cannot speak for every psychiatric ward. Every every ward is different. Uh, but personally, mine was absolutely terrible. I hated it with every ounce of me. If there was anything to scare me straight into recovery, it was the psychiatric ward. It was literally, I hate to be a little crude here, but it, it felt like I was living in hell. It was absolutely terrifying, scary. It was full of, first of all, I was the youngest one there. At the time, I was 19, and I would say the next oldest person was like 35. The only people there were middle-aged men, or older men, and like these very elderly women. So I did not fit in whatsoever. I was so lonely and scared that entire week. And all of the men there were very creepy. And all of the women there were very senile. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I have specific episodes that I'm going to talk about this. So I'll go more into detail on my um, time in the psychiatric ward later, but just to give you a general answer, it was terrifying. It was like being in, it was like how you would, how you would see the psych wards in movies. You know, you see these psych wards depicted in movies being like extremely like prison-like and scary and like the blank white walls and stuff. Like it was literally like that for me personally. And, um, yeah, it sucked. It was terrible. I hated it so much. Um, but like I said, I will get more into detail on it in a later episode. Um, the second question that I get ans uh, that I get asked a lot is, when did this all start? Like, when did you develop an eating disorder? How did that even happen? And if I could be honest with you, I literally have no idea. Um, I can tell you when I think it went downhill, but I, I couldn't really tell you when it just came out of nowhere. You know, it just developed, and I, I couldn't tell you when it started, because before junior year of high school, I had a completely normal relationship with food. Like, there was, there was nothing wrong with my relationship with food. I, I ate what I wanted, and I didn't worry about it. And then uh, junior year of high school, that's when things just started to kind of go downhill. And my eating habits changed dramatically. And honestly, I don't know if I've always had an eating disorder, and it just kind of slowly developed over time, or if I developed it in junior high. And it, you know, just progressed into later on years in high school. Like, I, I really don't know how to answer it. Um, but if I were to give an estimate of when it started, I would have to say junior year when my eating habits completely changed and my exercising habits completely changed. Um, and I will get into that in later episodes, but um, I, I personally think it probably started my junior year. That's when it at least went downhill. But yeah, <laughs> um, the next question is, um, what made you realize that you needed to start recovery? 
this is one of my most frequently asked questions. Every time I share my story with somebody, or it's like a family member that already kind of knows my story, they ask me every time, they always ask me, like, well, what made you realize, like, all of a sudden you just needed to start recovery? Like, did you just decide all of a sudden? Like, what was the breaking point, you know? And <laughs> I'm trying not to be funny when I say this because this is literally what my breaking point was. It was a, <laughs> a chicken nugget meal from McDonald's. Yes, you heard me correctly. A chicken nugget meal from McDonald's made me want to start recovery. Let me explain a little bit. <laughs> um, I decided that I was going to eat a food. I apologize for that noise. <laughs> um, I decided I was going to eat a food that I typically wouldn't eat, and that was chicken, like fried or chicken nuggets. Um, and I got a chicken nugget meal from McDonald's and sat it down, ate it all the way, and I felt so guilty afterwards that I literally had a mental breakdown. Like, worst mental breakdown I have ever had in my life. I was in my room, and I literally just screamed and cried. I don't know how anyone didn't, like, call the RA or anything at that time, because... I, I know I had to be heard by my neighbors, but I, I just, like, completely broke down, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and first, the first thing I noticed was my cheeks. My cheeks were so sunken in to the point where I looked like a skeleton with skin, and I just looked at myself, and I was like, this has gotten bad. Like, I'm literally sitting here having a mental breakdown over a chicken nugget meal from McDonald's. <laughs> and, like, as funny as that sounds, like, you guys can laugh at that. Like, that's, it's no problem, seriously. Because I think it's hilarious that that was my breaking point, was a McDonald's meal. But it was just the fact that <laughs> I had a mental breakdown over chicken, and that was my breaking point, basically. I was like, okay, I kind of, I've kind of, caught on to the fact that I need to recover. Now I see why everyone has been screaming at me these past few years to get help, get help. You look terrible, Chris, get help. Now I understand it. Like, it all just came to me at that very moment. Like, I finally understand why I, I need help and why I need to recover. Because normal people don't break down over McDonald's. <laughs> normal people don't cry when they eat food. Like, that, that was, that was my breaking point, really. Like, it, <laughs> it really hit me all right there in that very moment. But yeah, as funny as it sounds, that, that was literally what made me realize I needed to start recovery, was the fact that I knew normal people don't cry over food. <laughs> normal people don't have mental breakdowns when they eat chicken nuggets. So, so yeah, um, the next question. Now, I gave a huge trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast, but I'm going to give another one just in case. Um, this is a very, very sensitive topic. Um, so if you are triggered by weight, like specific numbers in weight, 
skip this part of the episode because I'm going to be talking numbers and wait. So, this next question is, I get asked this a lot and typically people recovering from eating disorders would be triggered by this question, but honestly, it takes a lot to trigger me, so this doesn't bother me whatsoever. And honestly, I'm extremely open (laughs) and... Like I said, I don't get triggered easily at all. Like, it takes a lot to trigger or offend me. So you can ask me questions like this, and it will not hurt my feelings, I promise. Um, But anyway, the question is, how much do you weigh now, and what was your lowest weight? So, uh, I'll start with my lowest weight. My lowest weight ever was 82.1 pounds. Yeah, so almost 81 pounds, but basically 82 pounds. That is really, really low. (laughs) To kind of give you an idea of how low that is, for somebody that was my height and my age at the time, I had to be ranging in the 125, 130 range. And I was 81 pounds, or 82 pounds. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, I was, I was very, very, very skinny, and a lot of people don't realize, like, that number is not okay. (laughs) Uh, A lot of people don't really have a concept or, like, a grip of what numbers really mean in weight and what's healthy and what's not, and 82 pounds for a 19-year-old girl who is 5'3", is not healthy. <laughs> and um, basically when I first uh, entered the hospital at the beginning of that week, to give you a comparison, I weighed 85 pounds. When I left the mental hospital, I was 82 pounds. I had lost weight that week that I was in the hospital because all I did was slept all day long. I literally didn't do anything but sleep um, because I just wanted to get out of there and I wanted to do anything but get out in that hallway and, like, interact with all the creepy guys and senile women out there. But anyway, I lost weight that entire week that I was in the hospital. And, yeah, my lowest weight, like I said, was 82 pounds. That is really, really bad. And as for my weight now, I literally have no idea. And I don't plan on finding out anytime soon. (laughs) And the reason for that is I honestly feel like if I knew what I weighed now, I I have this growing concern that I would slip back into a relapse if I knew what I weighed now. Because even though I am recovered from an eating disorder, physically, I don't think mentally I am fully recovered, if you get what I'm saying. So I feel like if I knew the exact number that I weighed, I think that would mess with my brain a little bit, and it would get me slowly to go back into a relapse, which I definitely do not want. (laughs) Um, Because if anorexia almost killed me one time, it will definitely kill me the second time around, and I definitely do not want that to happen. So yeah, it's better that I just don't know. Because why do I need to know? There's literally no reason that I have to know exactly what number I weigh. And a lot of people 
always ask me, like, okay, well, what if you go to the doctor or, like, another place where they have to weigh you? Very simple. All I gotta do is just step on the scale backwards. <laughs> That's literally what I do. I just let the doctor know beforehand. I just tell him, hey, I don't want to know what my weight is, and they tell me to step on the scale backwards. It's not an uncommon thing at all. People do that all the time whenever they go to the doctor. All you got to do is just say, I don't want to know my weight, and they'll just say, all right, cool, just step on the scale backwards. It's actually not weird at all. And um, the reason why I stopped caring or, like, stopped wondering what my number was in weight is because my nutritionist and my doctor both agreed that it would be most best if I did not know my number after I became weight restored because my original weight goal in weight restoration was like 125 I think and then my doctor was like let's step it up a little bit more let's shoot for 130 and then once I hit 130 my doctor and nutritionist were both like all right there's no need for you to really care about what you weigh anymore so just stop checking the scales stop weighing yourself Stop worrying about the numbers, just live your life, and you'll be happy. And they're 100% true. Ever since I stopped weighing myself and stopped caring about what the number said on the scale, I have been so much happier. Not knowing what I weigh is like a weight off my shoulders, and I really like that. I highly suggest it. If you've been so self-conscious about the number you see on the scale, just stop weighing yourself. <laughs> It really, really helps my emotions so much not knowing what I weigh. And I literally couldn't even give you an estimate of what it is now. And I'm not even going to try to think about it because I, I feel like that's what's best. So, yeah. The next question, this is a very good question I get a lot too. And it is... Is anorexia more of a mental thing than a physical thing? Um, let's see. I, I put a little bit of thought into this question because I wasn't quite sure how to answer it at first. But, um, I would say that it is actually a little bit of both, in my opinion. I think anorexia is definitely a combination of both physical and mental but honestly, I think you wouldn't have the physical aspects if you didn't have the mental aspects of anorexia. Because you need mental action in order to act on it physically. If you get what I'm saying there. Like, you gotta have the emotions in your head that make you want to be anorexic in order to be anorexic, if that makes sense. Um... You know, you can't just all of a sudden one day decide, I'm just going to be extremely skinny. Like, <laughs> you've got to have a mental battle with yourself, a mental battle with food, other emotions, just your, your mind goes through so much when you suffer from an eating disorder. And that's why I was put into a mental hospital, because eating disorders come along with lots of mental aspects and lots of mental disorders and there's honestly no stopping that um, but yeah I, I personally think that anorexia or any eating disorder in general is 
definitely a mental thing, but not more so a mental thing. I think it's an equal combination of mental and physical. Because, like I said at the beginning, you need the mental aspects in order to have those physical aspects. So yeah. Um, my next to last question uh, is how long did you have an eating disorder? Another hard question to ask, but honestly, as for anorexia, which is an eating disorder, um, I would say that I suffered from anorexia since my senior year of high school up until about halfway through my freshman year of college. So a little over a year, I suffered from anorexia. And nobody really even noticed that in high school. But um, <laughs> it was it definitely became increasingly noticeable once I moved to college. But yeah, I would say that for about a year and a half, or maybe just about a year, a little over a year, I suffered from anorexia. And I guess if you include my recovery, yeah, it would be a little bit more than over a year. Um, but as for an eating disorder in general, I, I mentioned in a, a previous question, I think it really started to kick off my, my junior year of high school. And physically, it continued on through my freshman year of college. And as for mentally... I, I feel like I still struggle mentally with an eating disorder every single day. <laughs> Again, I apologize for that noise. I'm in a terrible location to be filming this, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that I still struggle with an eating disorder every single day. And I've been struggling for years now, like I said, since like junior year of high school. And that was four-ish, four and a half years ago, and even though the physical aspects I am recovered from fully, I, I feel like I'm still not recovered from it mentally. I, I still have many characteristics of an eating disorder mentally. I still struggle with eating food every now and then. There's so many times I miss out on great opportunities because I'm just thinking about the food and, like, what food's gonna be there? What food am I gonna eat today? Like, there are times when I still see myself, or I find myself counting calories and kind of restricting calories. Like, I still find myself doing little mental aspects of an eating disorder still to this day, and... I don't know if that's something I will ever fully recover from. I feel like that's something I'm probably going to live with for the rest of my life. Even if it does get better on down the road, I still will have little tidbits here and there of mental factors of an eating disorder. So I, I still believe I struggle to this day with an eating disorder. Um, so there really isn't a timeline of how long I've had one. Uh, so yeah, um, then last question, a very good question to end on, um, and I get a few of my friends asking me this, um, because, you know, they're trying to be genuine with me, and that is, are you happy now? And, of course, I would say yes, most definitely, <laughs> 
Am I happier than I was a year ago today? Oh yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, this time last year, I was struggling so bad. I had, I, I had just started my recovery this time last year. And I was so, I was in so many bad places mentally. All, like, I had so many different emotions running through my head at this time last year. I, I felt like I was a waste <laughs> of space. I felt like recovery was going to be pointless because I, I had so many failures at that point that I felt like I, I was nothing and that I couldn't achieve anything. I, I looked down on myself so much this time last year. And even before I started recovery, I I was <laughs> borderline suicidal. I I hated my life. I hated the way that I looked. Even though my brain kept telling me I looked great because that's what an eating disorder does to you, I still I still had terrible struggles every single day. I it was a mental battle and a physical battle every single day to stay alive. And looking back on it, yeah, I am so glad I don't have that mindset anymore. I'm so much more happier. Am I 100% happy? No, of course not. I don't I don't think everyone's 100% happy at um this point in their life. <laughs> um but I I would definitely say I'm so much more happier than I was a year ago today. This time last year, I was super irritable, super pessimistic. I looked down on everything. I hated talking to people. I hated everything, really. And that's what an eating disorder does to you. It it makes you hate life. It makes you hate the way you look, even though your brain keeps telling you, you look fine, you look amazing, keep losing weight. But then the the logical aspects of you come in and you're like, I look terrible. I hate the way I look. I hate the way I'm living. Why am I living? And that was what I thought every single day. And like I said, looking back on it, I'm just so glad I don't think like that anymore. And I, I'm so ha much happier with my life. I have a great life. I'm very, very thankful for my life. And I wouldn't change it for anything. I I'm very glad with how things turned out. And I'm very happy that I'm in a much better mood than I was this time last year. Uh, so yeah, I am definitely happy now. So, there you guys go. Um, that is all the questions that I was asked. So hopefully you got a little bit more background information on me and my experiences. In the next episode, I will be sharing my entire backstory how my eating disorder developed, and my journey from there on out. After that, I will get into my reasons for recovery. Thank you guys so much for listening. This podcast has been a long time coming and a lot of hard work in the making, and I'm just so glad that it's finally out there and available for you guys to listen to. I cannot wait to share more with you guys, and always remember this. If you need help in any way, do not feel hesitant to reach out whatsoever. I am here to listen if you need to talk, and there are many trained professionals out there who are not afraid to help you as well. If you feel like you need some sort of professional help, 
please do not feel afraid to reach out to 866-512-1770. That's 866-512-1770. This number is a recovery hotline, and they will help you with any sort of eating disorder recovery needs you are facing. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and stay healthy.